This is a Novell Open Audio special report on the Novell Microsoft joint agreement that was done on November 2nd. We're bringing in Ron Hovsepian, Novell's Chief Executive Officer, and Joe LaSala, Novell General Counsel. They're going to answer several questions that were posed to us by the free software community and Novell's customers. Right now on Novell Open Audio. Welcome to Novell Open Audio, the podcast that connects the Novell user community with what's going on inside and around the Novell universe. I'm your host, Ted Hager, and today we have with us Ron Hovsepian to answer some of the questions that have been given to us by the community out there. Ron, welcome to the show. It's the first time you've been here with us. Thanks, Ted. I really appreciate you having me come join you and talk to different stakeholders in the community in particular and look forward to answering some of the questions. And you've got with you Joe LaSala, who's Novell's general counsel, correct? Yes, I do. Excellent. So let's hit a few of these questions, if we may. I know you guys have been really busy. You're about to uh, jump on airplanes to go to uh, France for a worldwide sales kickoff. Here's some of the stuff that's going on. Of course, this announcement we did on November 2nd with Microsoft has created quite a stir in the open source community. And even among our customers, many of them have given questions over to me. And so I want to pose a couple of them to you. The first one, I want to just cue you with a little bit of time to express what you think this deal is all about and what it means to Novell and Novell's customers. And I want to phrase it to you like this. The way our listeners and a lot of our customers that have been sending me email, the way they've said it is they've been following Novell for a few years and they see a deal with Microsoft as sort of a handshake with the devil. Why did you start this deal? knowing that Microsoft is, of course, a controversial part of the universe? Yeah, great question and understandable question. First and foremost, this deal got generated from having conversations with our customers. It truly began with a set of conversations back in the May time frame where I asked the Microsoft Chief Operating Officer, Kevin Turner, who's an ex-CIO out of Walmart, uh, to go back to being a customer for a couple of minutes, and let's talk about the challenges around virtualization and what are the problems that customers are going to deal with in the virtualization of Linux, but also in the virtualization of their entire environment, which includes Windows. And how could the two companies do something to help the marketplace, our customers, get more throughput? Now, knowing that and looking at it, Technically, we see the virtualization market growing to about $1.8 billion per year on the virtual machine market, according to IDC, over $10 billion a year from a management perspective. So these are big numbers that our customers will be spending money on. And the more we could take and make that process simpler for the customer, the better off the customer would be. That's really what drove us to do the deal with one of our toughest competitors. Now, to your point about them being a competitor, I want to be really clear. What this agreement does is it allows us to compete fairly and aggressively with Microsoft. I absolutely anticipate our teams and the world going after the Microsoft platforms. That's what we've competed against. We will continue to compete against that. But the reality is the customer is trying to balance both worlds. And we needed to do things to make the interoperability of those two worlds better for the customer so that they could focus on the higher level business problems. 
That was the real goal and the real outcome, knowing that we're going to compete vigorously. I am going to stand there and tell every one of my customers, because I genuinely believe it, that Linux is the best operating system. It's more manageable, it's more secure, and it's more open in terms of the APIs. And therefore, my customers want to use that platform because it performs the best. In that same area of questions, a listener of ours, Andy Hill, he actually came up with this statement, and I've seen this expressed a few different ways, but he put it pretty eloquently on this. He says that Microsoft is a corporation with a history of unethical practices and a tendency to burn everyone they, quote, partner, unquote, with. Beyond the OSS scope, this worries me as an actual Novell customer. Now, I've heard several other state similar concerns out there. Another listener, Ian, asks it this way. He says, should Novell be worried about Microsoft burying them the same way that Netscape was dealt with by Microsoft? The question I want to synthesize out of this is, what risks do you see in making this partnership with Microsoft? Is it really a competition cooperation type partnership? And does this put Novell at some kind of risks? Um, you know, like any business arrangement, there's always opportunities for uh, derailments. However, that being said, I actually feel that the risk for Novell inside of this partnership and the risk to the entire partnership will all swing around the customer. As the customer adopts virtualization, as the customer wants more general interoperability in their business environment, we're both at risk in terms of delivering on this platform. And knowing that Microsoft is the bigger company and understanding that they're the bigger company, I think it actually took more nerve on behalf of Microsoft to do two things. One, to come out and say that they support Linux, which we all know is a great milestone, that they acknowledge it, that it's here to stay. And then two, that they came out and said they're going to interoperate with that. And my point of view is that there is so much more weight associated with their risk of coming out of that relationship and not delivering to the customer that I feel very good that Novell's in a good position. The second part of it that I would point out in totality would be that Novell has had 15 years of competing against them. And I think Andy, I think, was the person's name you had mentioned who asked the question and used the example of, like, Netscape. At that point in their relationship, very analogous to Novell's relationship probably 15 years ago, we're all feeling our way into new marketplaces together. Um, the good news is Novell has competed with Microsoft for 15 years. So we as a corporation went into this uh, with really a very balanced point of view, maintaining a balanced protection for both parties as we went into that agreement. And I feel very comfortable that Novell has focused on the primary recipient of this, which is the customer. Secondary is then the Novell and Microsoft Corporation, and the deal was structured in a manner that reflects that. And anything that deviates from that, I think we both have risk, and I would really argue that they have the much greater risk inside of the market uh, for multiple dimensions. So I feel very good that we're in good shape. We've got mechanisms to manage the relationship. We've got mechanisms to control each other and feel very confident in the uh, approach. So this could be then a little bit closer to the Microsoft-Apple deal of a couple years back than maybe the Microsoft-IBM over OS2 deal. <laughs> yep. 
I don't know all the details of the Apple one, but I do see that as a good analog at the highest level in terms of the partnership uh, relationship. Maybe if we can get into some of the question on the GPL as well. I've kind of lost count at this point of how many people have asked this question, and it seems to be the major part of the buzz that's going on. A lot of people are asking whether we're actually paying Microsoft to use patented intellectual property. Uh, maybe we're making some kind of admission that there is that kind of stuff inside of SUSE Linux or inside of Linux in general or other open source projects like Mono and those kind of things. Everyone wants to know this one question. Maybe this one's as much for Joe as it is for you, Ron. Is Novell actually paying Microsoft fees for use of intellectual property? Uh, thanks, Ted. This is Joe. I'll take a shot at answering that question. Um, as you know, one of the components of this broad-based agreement with uh, Microsoft is a patent cooperation agreement. And under that patent cooperation agreement, Microsoft will make an upfront net payment to Novell of $108 million. And Novell will make ongoing payments of at least $40 million over the five-year period of the agreement to Microsoft, based upon percentages of Novell's open platform solutions and open enterprise server revenues uh, as we report those. So there are uh, cross payments in connection with the patent cooperation agreement. Now, this matter does relate to the uh, GPL question that you also raised. Um, and I think it's important for the listeners to know that there does not exist between um, Novell and Microsoft any license for use of one another's patented technologies or any covenant not to sue between Novell and Microsoft. The payments that I've referenced are really for two purposes. The first is in connection with a mutual release for the past. That is, to the extent that there may be in the past infringing activities between the two parties or by either of the parties' developers or customers or distributors, the parties have agreed, let's put the past behind us and let's not worry about that anymore. So that is a very positive thing. And that's one of the components that the payments that we've just talked about cover. The other component, and it's, again, it's a very important one, relates to this covenant not to sue that Novell has made to Microsoft customers. So Novell has made a promise to Microsoft customers not to sue it, and Microsoft has made a promise or a covenant not to sue to Novell customers. So those are the two components of the consideration. And we know that there's been a lot of uh, concern in the community about whether or not uh, this agreement with Microsoft is compatible with Novell's obligations under the GPL, especially Section 7. As you can imagine, this was a very important consideration for us as well as we've gone through these negotiations and uh, uh, continued compliance with the GPL was a priority for Novell as we went through these negotiations. Tell me about the essence of Section 7, if you would. Why, there, why is there even a question well, there? Well, under Section 7, there's a concern that if any licensee under Section 7 prohibits in any way, you know, royalty-free copying or distribution or modification uh, by any others who might be downstream of that licensee, then that presents a potential problem under Section 7. And because there is no agreement here, uh, no, no uh, license agreement or covenant not to sue between the parties, um, we have not in any way prohibited royalty-free copying, distribution, or modification. The only covenant that exists is one that runs to the end users, and it runs to their use of one another's patented technology. And as such, the relationship with Microsoft does not impose any condition on anyone's GPL rights. As you know, the GPL 
uh, regulates copying, distribution, and modification of GPL code. It does not regulate the use of that code by an end-user customer. Now, with that, I've got two different questions for you. The first is, so from what you described originally, you were saying that there is there's past stuff that we're setting aside, Microsoft um, possibilities and Novell possibilities. Does this mean uh, technology outside of uh, the Linux age of Novell? Yes, all, all technologies that, uh, and, and by the way, we, don't, we haven't identified specific issues related to past behavior. It's just to the extent that they may exist, the parties have agreed to release one another from any uh, actions that may arise out of our past activities of the respective parties and their customers and distributors and developers. The second question I have for you on that, Joe, is now that Novell and Microsoft have said we're going to work together on certain things, and I hope to do future interviews with a few people at Novell that can explain what some of these areas that we'll work together on, give us a little bit more light on that, but specifically toward the GPL issue, is there any risk between the companies collaborating of bringing in code that has uh, intellectual property of Microsoft patented material in it that could then infringe upon GPL-based code? Well, no, it's not. Uh, I think the question has been asked, will Novell include Microsoft patent code and its contributions to the open source community? And the answer is no. I mean, Novell will not change its development practices as a result of this agreement. Um, our, our policies with respect to development, both open source and pr proprietary, is to um, stay away from code that infringes upon other parties' patents, and we'll continue to employ those practices as we go forward. And to the extent that we ever do encounter code that we believe or is found to infringe someone else's patents, you know, we take measures to ensure that that code uh, never finds its way into our products. All right. Now, Ron, yes. as you know, I am a representative of Novell into the user communities out there, which includes a lot of people who work with open source software and are very active in the open source community. Because of that, I've been uh, in some of the dialogue as far as uh, what the community is saying and things. And one of the things that I've heard the community say is that from the announcement going forward, it's been very quiet. Novell hasn't gotten enough information out there. We haven't been forthcoming enough. In fact, uh, there's a lengthy blog post by one of our listeners who actually, uh, he stated uh, as just one little clip out of it, whatever happens from here on out, Novell has to get off its, and I'm going to paraphrase here, backside, and do some damage control. The silent treatment is doing nothing good for the company. What kind of steps are happening in order to shore up the information gaps or make sure that the community is getting the information, the customers are getting more information about what this agreement is? Yeah, so first and foremost, I do want to apologize to the community. It's not our intention to frustrate anyone. Uh, we're processing the information as fast as, you, as, as we can. As you can imagine, you know, this deal was being worked on right up to the very end and probably a little past the end. That's why we started the uh, webcast a little bit late. So uh, that being said, what's most important is we are addressing it. As you'll see when you hear this, uh, yesterday on November 7th, uh, we did a press release that uh, highlighted some of the details of what's gone on uh, in the relationship vis-a-vis uh, -vis uh, the contract itself. The second thing that I would also ask everyone to do is go to the uh, community frequently asked questions on our website. Yesterday we posted uh, several items there answering some critical questions and we'll also continue to uh, update those and keep that information fresh as more questions unfold along the way. So we have now gone out and gotten a good high-level view 
out to the market of the agreement. And then secondly, we've uh, focused in on some of the community-based issues, and we've gone after answering those core questions to get that ball rolling with the community so that they can take more comfort. Because at the end of the day, this agreement from Novell's point of view was absolutely signed for the customer to help the customer adopt Linux faster. And I fundamentally believe that this will help in the adoption of Linux at a much higher velocity in the enterprise and in the marketplace, which is good for all of us. And as you know, we run a desktop to data center story. And for us to give our customers that peace of mind, going from the desktop to the data center and doing all the things in between to let the customer adopt these new technologies, I think is a huge, huge uptick for our customers. And I'm, I'm actually really proud of this as our customers and the community get to know and understand what we did as part of this relationship. So, Ron, we appreciate you taking the time with us. We know there's going to be a lot more questions from the community. This is just going to be a beginning taste for them. Is there anybody that we can delve into some of the community issues with deeper who can actually uh, speak to some of the things that we don't have enough time to get to with you? Uh, absolutely. Nat Friedman would be a great person for you to contact uh, and have those conversations with. Great. Thank you very much, Ron. We really appreciate your time. And same to you, Joe. Thanks a lot, uh, Ted, and uh, thank you to the community for their uh, consistent support, and feel good that this is going to promote and grow Linux in totality. Um, we have that confidence, or else we never would have went into this agreement. Thanks very much. Thank you.